fuck it. Let's just do it. Welcome back, y'all. Wow, y'all. Uh, this is Nick, and we have arrived at episode 10. Um, it's been two weeks since the last episode, and I'm sorry. My fiance and I recently moved into a new house, along with my brother and my uncle. And uh, I just started doing my day job again, in addition to that, um, after kind of sitting around for a while and having time to do the podcast more often. That being said, my schedule has been a little whacked out, um, so I needed to get my life a little reorganized, but hey, here we are. Before we move forward, I want to shout out all the peeps who have left a review on Apple Podcasts thus far. Shout out to Michael G. in San Luis Obispo, tremendous artist. Uh, shout out to Evan Sodman in OC, tremendous guy. Shout out to the real Luke Schof in LA, John Roman in the IE. Shout out to Bernie from Tehachapi. Uh, shout out to Anxiety Attack, Tehachapi Hardcore Baby. And lastly, shout out to someone who is named Nick Please Marry Me. All you guys have blessed the show uh, with a five-star rating. And thus far, you have blessed me. Um, if you want a shout out for yourself, go ahead and go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and your efforts are going to not only help out the show in general... But you may hear your name getting uh, mentioned right here in the freaking intro. Speaking of support, uh, there's something new that I'm excited to share with you guys. Let's uh, keep it real here for a second. I do this podcast in my spare time, and uh, it has been a blast. I've learned uh, a ton, and I've already gotten to go deep in conversations with some peeps that I really uh, didn't think I'd be able to talk to, first of all. And secondly, it, it a lot of what they've said has really added value uh, to my life, even in, within the past couple of weeks, and it's pretty cool. Um, and that you know, as time has passed over the past couple of weeks, actually the past couple of months, um, there's been a ton of new ideas I've had for the show, and how to turn it into something much, much bigger than it is. Um, but I'm realizing that it is going to need a lot more uh, resources than I currently have. But I know that if uh, with a plan and with some strategy, it can be achieved. Um, just some info about my situation. You know, I, I work my retail job. I have my music pro music projects. Um, and I've been plugging away at this podcast since just before the beginning of the year. That being said, uh, it's, I think it's finally time to take a step in the right direction. Uh, I think it's a small step, but it's a crucial one. And that is, I'm excited to announce that uh, Defiance in Motion on, on our Anchor webpage, we now have a support button where you can donate to the show. Basically, uh, if you feel like the show is worth 99 cents, you can now support it in a very tangible way. If you think it's worth more, well, you can do that too. Uh, the podcast will always be free. Don't worry about that uh, because I think ideas and information should not uh, be blocked by a paywall. But this is a way for you to ensure uh, that this thing continues to grow and that we can uh, keep up with some of the expenses that come along with it. Check that out at uh, anchor.fm slash defianceinmotion slash support. Or just click on the link in the show notes. And now for the tea. Today's guest uh, is someone I consider to be more family than a friend. He's the one and only Brandon DiVincenzo um, from the band Absence of Mine. He is also known as Brandino. Uh, he is also known as Bluetooth Brandonius. And recently, uh, for some reason here at our house, we've uh, we, he's been known as Blue Cheese. Yes, you heard it here first, folks. Anyway, uh, we have known each other since we were 13. We've played in multiple bands together over the years. Uh, and it's been really cool to watch Brandon grow into the 100% golden human being that he is. Seriously, like if you know him uh, personally, then you know what I'm talking about. And not only that, but... In addition to that, he's become a monster of a musician, um, and he's established a great foundation for himself. He came over to our place, and uh, we shot the shit. Um, we talked about his life growing up, his introduction to music, and we talked about the past decade of grinding it out, playing bands, doing gigs all around L.A. And, of course, we go into a great deal of detail about his band, Absence of Mind. And uh, don't mind the audio again. Uh, fun fact, I gave Brandon a perfectly good microphone to use, but lo and behold, uh, somebody forgot to press record on their mic. I won't name names. However, I had a feeling that I may need to make a safety net for the show, 
So we had an iPhone put next to him, and we hit record, and here we are. It's all good, though. Brandon, I love you. Our conversation was great. You're a blessing to my life. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is Defiance in Motion. that door close all the way? Huh? That door close all the way? Yep. Tight. Tight. So, so, how is it sounding on your end from the, uh, the mic? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, you can hear yourself pretty well. Okay. It picks up. And then, if you're going to stand right there, that's kind of awkward. We're kind of standing. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, but we can go in the bug. Uh, well, shit, dude. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for doing this and as you know it's been a work in progress and i think we are getting somewhere with it but we have a lot of work to do uh and this is actually gonna be the first time someone's been right here talking to me because it's all been over like zoom and stuff so this is good now i know we're gonna kind of dive right into it um I know that I know you well, and I know a lot. Of, I'm going to know a lot of these answers, not all of them, but some of them. But for people listening, where are you from, and what do you do? <laughs> well, I reside in Norwalk right now, uh, but I've lived in many different places. Uh, I've lived in Whittier, Artesia, Buena Park, Irvine, Lakewood, Signal Hill. Nice. Uh, but Norwalk for the past 10 years. Um, as far as what I do, like for my job, or... What do you do with you know, your occupation, with music? What, 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 are you, what are you up to nowadays? And what's your name? <laughs> well, my name is Brandon. Brandon DiVincenzo. Um, I, uh, I am a job coach for adults with de- developmental disabilities. And... Uh, I play music on this side. I play uh, for a band called Absence of Mind. Nice. <laughs> How long has Absence of Mind been around? Uh, for about three years now. 2018, cool. so yeah, about three years. What was, uh, what was your, kind of your family situation like growing up? Like, just, you know, uh, home life, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, I grew up with a single mom. I uh, didn't really know my dad all too well. Um, I was very—I come from a very uh, small family. There's literally, like, by blood, there's only about uh, nine of us. Um, and I'm the uh, first generation. Cool. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I, I did not know that. Your mom was born in Argentina. Yeah, um, all my mom's side is from Argentina. They were all born and raised there. And they came here in the, I believe, in 85, I think. Very cool. Um, yeah, uh, born in 92. Um, I have three awesome cousins, a lovely aunt, uh, an uncle that... You know, if it really wasn't for him, I don't think I'd have a this like path in music. Yeah. Um, my other uncle Tony, my beautiful grandparents, and my lovely mother. Dude, uh, uh, very great people, very fine people. Um, you know, you 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 mentioned your uncle. I was gonna ask you what where what was like the thing that drew you into music, and then from that, what what got you into punk? Dang. Um, well, just kind of coming from a Hispanic background, you're just always surrounded by music. <laughs> you know, Saturday morning, cleaning the house. Yep, box. Yep, just fucking music's on. Everyone's dancing and cleaning. 
Um, so I was just always surrounded by that. And then just, you know, family gatherings. There was always loud music and the family getting together and dancing. So uh, I was always surrounded by that. Um, ever since I can remember, I had like pictures when I was a baby um, with like little toy guitars and taking my great grandma's like walking cane. Mm-hmm. The one that has like four legs. Yeah. And I'd use that as like my microphone. <laughs> um, I'd give like little concerts here and there. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. uh, so, you know, like the backyard at my grandparents' house? Mm-hmm. In the back corner, there used to be a like a jacuzzi with like a little bar area. Yeah. And I used to go on top of like the jacuzzi and do like little concerts on there too. Dude, started off. You started off just in party mode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, I think I started taking music a little seriously um, when I was about ten. I picked up a saxophone at first, um, and then shortly after, my uncle uh, took me to Sam Ash in Cerritos and got me my first guitar. And um, I kind of, it was weird how I learned guitar. Like I I learned guitar just by kind of, uh, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. It's it's weird. Um, I would look at the fucking, I would look at the frets and just be like, yo, what do these mean or whatever? Mm -hmm. Let me just play where where this dot is or where this dot is or whatever. And I kind of like incorporated saxophone notes. Yeah. To like those frets. That's like a hard translation, isn't it? Uh a little bit. Like yeah. I knew like okay, so this fret with this dot, this is like a B note or whatever. Did did you know sorry, did you know the way a note sounded and you can tell what it was exactly? Yeah. And can you still do that? Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Um and so I kind of like slowly picked up like that. I was like, okay, so that's where a B is. That's where an A, a G. And then I kind of like learned a little scale from there. Yeah. Um, and I slowly just started kind of picking up uh, guitar. So like around the same time I started playing saxophone. Yeah. Um, now, as far as like me getting into like the punk and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, kind of, it, it was mainly, like, my uncle and, uh, my longtime friend, uh, Travis. Yeah. Uh, and I was about, like, seven or eight, and I was listening to, like, you know, a lot of pop, Backstreet Boys, and Sync, uh, 98 Degrees. I can't imagine you bumping Backstreet Boys. That's oh, funny. dude. <laughs> yeah. I used to get called Justin Timberlake when I was little. Because <laughs> of my curls and stuff. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and my buddy Travis uh, was just like, you know, that friend. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was that friend that was just like, oh, you listen to that kind of stuff? That's fucking whack. Wow, you didn't even listen to this. And so... <laughs> I mean, was this in middle school? No, this was in elementary, elementary school. Oh my god, dude! So I can imagine the punishment. Oh yeah, it was just that's young too. It's very young. Yeah. Um, and he gave me a a CD, a burnt CD, and it had like Dead Kennedys and Seven Seconds and Minor Threat on it. And um, yeah, he introduced me to a bunch of stuff: Black Sabbath. Uh, that kind of translated to like uh just kind of diving in with like my uncle in music because i would i would sneak into his room when i was a kid and look through uh his cd drawer yeah he had like two fucking drawerfuls of just cd cases and uh yeah i kind of picked up on that just looking through album art and noticing that uh he was listening to a lot of the bands that Travis have, had mentioned mm-hmm. mixed with like a bunch of hip hop and stuff. So I was like, yo, what the hell? This is dope. Um, he ended up taking me to my first concert too. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it was Blink-182 
It was around the time when like 9-11 happened, I remember. Really? Yeah, they had to cancel the, the tour. because it's like the late 90s, turn of the millennium, Blink. That's like prime Blink. It was it was when uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket uh, came out. Which album cover was that? That was the one with uh, a plane, a, a pants, and a jack like a varsity jacket. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know. They got their pants and jacket. I'm fucking, I, I, I'll, I only know the one with like the chick on it, the, the the nurse, and then like dude ranch. Yeah, yeah. Dude, no, yeah. Take off your pants. I'm and gonna get punished for that. No, no, no. It's got the hits on there. It's got fucking rock show. Stay together for the kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I always find that there's like a some kind of older person. So not not someone that's like not too much older, but there's always that like person that's got the influence on you. And they'll uh, they'll be like, hey, want you? I remember being in uh, like sixth grade, and I was I was at Hoover Middle School here in Lakewood, and I remember this kid same with Chad, and like I would listen to like ACDC and Guns N' Roses. And I was like, oh, I love classic rock. He's like, was that the Chad with like the the fro? Chad Costello, yeah, yeah. Chad Costello, yeah. Le- so fucking, what was his name? Costello. It was Costello. Costello, right? yeah. Yeah, with the long yeah. fucking curly hair. Yeah, and he would wear like leather jackets and shit. Yeah, he uh he he would he would like be like that shit's so dumb. You need to listen to the Ramones. And then like I would and then I would and then I would graduate to the Ramones to be like, okay, that's cool, but you're like he was too cool at that point. Like so it would be like, okay, no, you can't listen to the Ramones. And then he started getting into, like Velvet Revolver and shit. It's kind of weird, but uh yeah, Velvet Revolver. I got into them in in middle school. It's yeah. so weird, like the freaking weird rabbit hole that I fell into with like just music. Yeah, yeah, came everywhere. Fucking, I think the first, the first album like I purchased with my own money was "An Out Come the Wolves" by Rancid. That's right. You told me about that. Rancid was kind of the first like real punk band that you were like, "Oh shit, huh?" Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, every other like record, like Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, fucking. Everything was either like burned, yeah, or uh, like given to me as a gift uh, when my uncle used to work at a pawn shop when he yeah. lived in Washington State. So, so then you know you kind of got your punk rock education early. I'd say that that's a pretty early elementary school and, and middle school is like when most of us. I think I mean, maybe when most of us find it. When did you start just playing in bands? Like, what was your first band? What was that situation like? Um. My first, like, official band, uh, I was 17. Um, it was actually with your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny. Uh, yeah, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Um, and we were in, like, a uh, crappy metalcore band called <laughs> <laughs> Oh Great Tragedy. Oh Great Tragedy, guys. Look it up on MySpace. No, boy, was it? A, no, I think they became, like, a reggae band or something. Oh, really? That's right. The guy, that guy, drummer, was Nick, huh? His name was Nick. And he, like... Okay, I, I, yes, that's funny. Yo, like, low-key, Nick's, like, there's a band that he was in called Alter Boys. Hmm. Yeah, they've been around ever since fucking, since we were in high school. I heard of that band. Oh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. really bad. They're dumb. Yeah, okay. So, Oh Great Tragedy, and then obviously we've, you and I, we've done all our yeah. bands. <laughs> um, Oh Great Tragedy was in high school, I did vocals, I was very, uh... <laughs> Mike Heronica, uh worship, uh, that was Prada. <laughs> <laughs> the low growls and the the, the persona. The uh, fucking claw thing that he did with his hands all oh, the time. Wow. Yeah, it's just I went full send with that shit. That's cool. Um, and then after that, uh, that was when you came around, and we started fucking around in in the garage. Uh, me playing guitar at the time. Yeah. Um, that was in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Dang. Oh, man, it's kind of weird talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> Days. Wow, And man. that eventually turned into Fragments, uh, where I hopped on vocals. Um, after Fragments, I mean, I was like a freaking whore for a bunch of other bands. Well, no, because after, after Fragments, it was kind of like, we kind of went, we kind of split like I was doing Hearts Like Lions for that's it like we were balls deep because that by that time it was 2014 and we had signed to our label and we were touring and stuff so I couldn't really do it I couldn't even do Dynasty I couldn't you know so and then I remember you that's when you joined Life Moves On I think yeah Life Moves On there was 
Man, I don't even want to mention that name. Fuck that. Fuck that man. <laughs> and then there was Take Vengeance. Uh, filling in for Dynasty here and there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then I remember the homie Yogi filling in for his band a few times. It was like Concrete Jungle and uh, Expect the Worst. Do you think so? I know that you weren't like, you weren't really a part of really, you, I think you were in Take Vengeance. Yeah. Pretty early on within that, and of course, LMO, but... Like, when they got back together, Take Vengeance, yeah. They- but I do I do remember you just filling in for a ton of bands. And do you think that that did well for you, looking back now, as far as, like, just your community and, like, the people that you know, like... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's so weird, like... Some people that I have, like, no recognition of, they'll just be like, hey, I used to, like, see you play at the Blacktop or whatever with Dynasty or... Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? And you're watching Absence of Mind now? Like, mm-hmm. that's... Wow, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's sick. So in that, when did Absence of Mind kind of become a thing? Or when did you get involved with them? Uh, I got involved with them shortly when they, like, released uh, Lost Myself. Mm-hmm. But they were under another name. Uh, they were under the band Frustrated. It was kind of a different lineup, too. Uh, yeah. Still Ryan and Rudy. Um, was it more youth crew at the time? Like, more of a punk? Their older stuff was, like youth crewy um yeah and then i i mean <laughs> on record i was never a fan of frustrated i actually, <laughs> I actually did i actually hated the band <laughs> oh shit i remember they were supposed to play the fragments actually at the long beach show oh yeah 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 um <laughs> but i do remember rudy always just being a fucking madman of a vocalist which i admired because like that's the shit that i that always drew to me kind of like like the anxiety attack days oh man um, so a memoir ju- yeah just seeing him as a vocalist was always cool but like I never really liked Frustrated um they released Lost Myself and it sounded a lot different than Frustrated Absence of Mind released lo- Lost yeah Lost Myself lost um uh I fucking loved it I saw them play a show at Bridgetown um and it blew my fucking mind. They were looking for a permanent bass player. Yeah. Um, so Ryan hit me up. I was like, yo, I'm fucking down. I kind of knew Ryan because he would, he filled in for Life Moves On one time oh, when I couldn't, that. yeah, when I couldn't do a tour, he filled, he filled in. Didn't do, didn't he do dan- Dad's Den or something like that? He wasn't involved with that, some venue out in like Marietta or yeah. you kind of met him through all those shows? Yeah, that's another dude fucking another fuck you guy uh, <laughs> um yeah but dad's then he was in, he was involved he was Rudy too I believe Rudy used to live there mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken um dad's then that's a funny name for a venue yeah no it was it was fun like we yeah life moves all got to play in the living room there it was like, like a house yeah so it's a house that you just like a, a punk house pretty much yeah knock loose played there oh wow that's great inside the garage, I didn't know yeah. that yeah. Wow. I, uh, Judiciary's played there. Fucking. There's been a few bands, I believe. Cool. If you're like, whoa, what? That's it? Yeah. Like, so, let me see here real quick. Like, what 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 about Absence of Mind do you do you like the most? Like, what what part of it? Like, what does it do for you? Uh, I guess artistically. It literally just lets me be myself as corny as that sounds. No, no, that's, that's a great reason. I mean, if you've ever uh, kind of come in contact with any of us as individuals, I mean, I would say we all have like a very uh, outgoing personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of translates into like the weird shit that we write. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so... Absence of mind, weird shit. Yeah. Smile, right? Smile, aren't you happy? Yeah. It's been uh, over a year. <laughs> it's been it's been about a year, right? Yeah, just or maybe about a year and a half. Maybe? About a year and a half, yeah. Wow. So, so okay, so that whole thing came out. There was the whole craziness, the roller coaster of the Twitter shit talkers and all that. Yeah. Looking back on that whole thing, just like kind of a macro image of it. 
Uh, I know it was kind of a ride for you. You're kind of like fucked up about it sometimes. Sometimes you're like, I don't give a shit about these people. I, I can imagine what it felt like to be under fire, but at the same time, having a bunch of people actually really like it. Um, what was your takeaway from that whole experience? Like you can kind of summarize it in a lesson learned or just kind of something that showed you, showed you about people in the scene. Like what, what, what did it, what's your takeaway from it? I mean, people are always going to have some shit to say, you know, no matter who you are, Yeah. no matter what you put out, there's always going to be somebody Mm. talking down and I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't try to let it get to me mm-hmm. that much just because, I mean, like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, it's also an ego thing. If, 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 if you had a bigger ego, it might have been like, what the fuck? Like, why do I care about all these people? And, and it's just like, I, I kind of like, I see myself get into those moments and I'm just like, wait a minute, man. Mm-hmm. It's really not worth it. Because, like... Because you, you can, can stop, stop yourself, it's, honestly. It's just, like, what do these people have to offer as well, you know? Like... Yeah. Well, why don't you do something, then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, you know, I don't care if you think it sucks or whatever. Like, we're out here just kind of expressing ourselves, exposing ourselves, you know? Um... I don't know how to really get too in depth with it, but it's just, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, I, I felt humble mm-hmm. about the whole thing. That's good. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, like at the end of the day, it's like, well, let's just see you fucking create something and put all this work into it and let's see how good it is. You know, like it took you, it took you when did it come out? 2018, right? 2019. Okay, so 2019, so you started doing bands back when, you know, in 2010. Yeah. Took you almost 10 years to be skilled enough, right, to and be good enough at your craft to just to be able to make something like that. And all the other dudes were doing bands before. They were on the same trajectory as you. Yeah. They are on the same path. I hate when people are like, oh, you know, like we could have we written some pop songs and been bigger, you know, and stuff like that. Or like, and then why fucking didn't you? You know, because you didn't, you're not good. Like, you're not good enough. Like, not, not to say it that way, but to say it that way. Like, people, they, I don't think people understand the amount of work and uh, nuance that goes into making an album like that, you know, and how much skill it requires. Um, kind of that, kind of on. How many fucking strings you got to go through, too? Yeah. Oh, dude, I can imagine. Bass strings? Dude, any string. Oh, yeah, you gotta restring. Yeah, I guess you. So, AON, like, your energy has always been pretty chaotic and, like, kind of fucked in the head, you know? (laughs) And I think that's honestly something that a lot of people can identify with. It's almost like, it's almost crazy. Like, if you go, if you were to see, that reminds me of seeing Anxiety Attack uh, and watching videos of AON play and having seen you guys play live. And just hard, hardcore music, I guess, in general, kind of like you can just be crazy, like out of your mind for a couple couple minutes, right? Do you think, and for AOM, having that energy, is that is that how you guys kind of are as people in some way? Or is it kind of intentional? Like about, not to say it's an act, but is it on brand with the band to be that way? Or is that just kind of your inner innards coming out I mean it's definitely not a front there are some fucking crazy people in the band <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. um I mean if you like I mentioned before like you you come in contact with us we're just very strange individuals yeah like uh I don't know I feel like if you were to have a conversation with Gino Mm-hmm. And him being himself, <laughs> dude. Gino is a trip, man. I love Gino to death, but like when when Gino is Gino, Gino is just like not. Uh, he's like not a thing. <laughs> what? Well, not a thing. Like, uh, what do you mean? I don't even want to say human. <laughs> he's just uh, an energy 
force. You know that ah fuck it was in Transformers and he was like a he was a Transformer like little dude he was all fucking cracked out and he was fucking oh the little toaster yeah, 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 the little toaster he was, he was, like, he was like, like a hacker the Decepticon the uh-huh. little baby Decepticon yeah that's right, like, do you know you're a baby Decepticon that can be Geno sometimes <laughs> nonstop but it's well weird. it's kind of funny because like w- like you like you were cracked out when I met you you you've always just been like kind of kind of wild you know like had this energy and then you've all you told me on multiple occasions like these guys are stressing me out man it's so, like <laughs> well, fucking brandon stressed out i can imagine like, yeah man they're fucking wild they're just they have no care sometimes and i mean like hell yeah yeah but sometimes it's just like <sighs> i really don't want to go to jail <laughs> you know it seems like whoa what what jail like who, who's thinking about that right now I don't understand the question. I don't understand the question. Yeah. So, so then, what's the, what is what is the update for AOM fans, if any? If, if any update, you guys got fucking fans. Uh, not really much of an update. We're all kind of just spread out mm-hmm. right now. Um, we do have songs in the vault that have yet to uh, reach a studio, mm-hmm. and uh, just have yet to all come together and practice them out we have them pre-proed but yeah um it's gonna be a minute until we do something for okay. sure okay yeah well it's, it's cool, cool to know that there's stuff down the chute it's not just like gone stagnant you know because I mean, it's pretty it's it's stagnant at the moment yeah um but we'll, we'll get something going for sure yeah no i hope so because it was like fucking covid ruined everything man like Sound and Fury, LDB, like these really, these, like kids will, kids will like brown nose for their whole life and never see the light of day of those things uh, as far as being asking their band asked. You guys kind of just went in, like ruined everything and then like fucking everything just like came to you. It was so sick. That's <laughs> funny that you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck this band. This band fucking sucking. Yeah, man. dude. Uh, absence of mind, LDB. Absence of mind, Son of Fury. And it's just like, <laughs> it was like, wait, what? But it, it does go to show, dude, that like real recognizes real. I guess you know, like the music and the aura really does speak for itself. It's it's really cool. Um, you know, kind of on a different note. Uh, it, it, I guess as like the the looking at the broader punk and hardcore world. Um, let's see here real quick. <clears throat> the genre itself is very, is very inclusive. And I think there, is, there are some kind of like a lot of things maybe that need to get challenged. Like for instance, like older dude, just having a fucking boomer mentality and not, not, not liking newer music. I think you guys experienced that hands on. Um, I guess more so for people of color, people with disabilities, and you know any kind of marginalized uh, LGBTQ people, the the hardcore community is very opening and very very welcoming for for a lot of us, right? Yeah. Now, in the in hardcore and punk is like a a, a smaller genre, a subgenre of the greater rock genre, yeah. where that's not really the case. If you look at most rock bands, they're fronted by white dudes, right? right. <laughs> I was I, I was I looked it up. I was like I looked up an article like. And the art, it was like a Reddit. It was like, why are there so, why, why do so many, why do so few rock bands have like black singers? Mm-hmm. And they were listing off like who, okay, who, like who are the, the, the big rock bands, right? Not, not hip hop bands, not artists, hip, not pop mm-hmm. rock, right? Like who are they? And someone was like, uh, what's the band you, you, you showed me? The block party. block party. But then they were like that other really funky heavy band. Uh, um, 24-7 Spice? No, not twenty four seven spies. It was it was the all black band. They're from New York. They, fucking, I, I literally was just thinking of them right now. Uh, Living color. Yes, Living Color. Like and then like. You know who? I mean, you know, Allison James is not fronted by a black. I mean, yeah, he's a black dude. Now, did you say now? Now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in that, have you given that any thought? Like. Just kind of looking, looking at the broader thing. Like, if you were to, I guess, my, even for myself, like being like hearts of clients, being Stephen Brown skin, I'm brown skin. Like, it's kind of, it almost seems like there's like your band just won't get that much traction if you got a person of color singing. You know what I mean? 
Like you can have the aggressive music, you can have the the pop music and the the hip hop, but you like rock is. I feel like it's very prominent in like hardcore. You, you feel, feel that as well? Oh, I feel no. I feel like you know it's like a lot more accepted, or it's more. Um, it's not so. I guess I don't want to say stigmatized, mm-hmm. and like the main genre of rock. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like you know. It's on and popping, in like the punk and hardcore scene. Like we, we want all of that. Yeah. Like we want to see that. We don't want to see no fucking white dude up there. <laughs> yeah, no, and especially like in LA. What are you gonna be yelling about, bro? Like, what are you mad about? <laughs> yeah, Southern California too. Like, that's what tripped me out the first time. Like when Dynasty went on tour back in 2011 was like, whoa, like a lot of these other scenes, it was, it was all white kids, you know. And nothing. I'm not hating on a scene or a particular like like that's just your demographic, you know. That's just your city. But coming back home to LA, it was like, yo, everyone's Mexican. It was like everyone's bra- like like the white kids. Like there's a couple white kids, but everyone's like black and brown. It was pretty sick, you know. Um, Fucking, it felt very comforting. Yeah. Like kind of, you know, going going to shows with you back then. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely. I didn't feel as like. Uh, scared or anything like it just felt like i was you know at a big family reunion <laughs> yeah no that is kind of <laughs> yeah um okay well in that in punk and hardcore do you think there are any kind of like things that maybe do need to change or do you think it's in a good spot right now i mean yes it's in a good spot but i also do believe that there's always room for change mm-hmm. in any in anything yeah uh People's attitudes, for sure. I can uh, start. <laughs> a lot of uh, downers. Uh, yeah, a lot of downers, man. And it's just like, listen, man. Listen, <laughs> man. Cool. Well, I think, you know, looking at that, like, and everything you've gone through and your journey up until now, if you could... If you could talk to like eighteen year old Brandino, right, and give him some advice, either life advice, music advice, whatever it would be, what would you tell him? <laughs> huh. I don't really like take time to think about this kind of stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to like tell my eighteen year old self, probably just be like, Look, man, don't put your trust uh don't put so much trust in adults they're just <laughs> gonna let you down wow um I mean yes they know what's good for you but they also don't know what's good for you cause I mean if you are really destined to uh go down this path you know it's it's not gonna be an easy one, but, you know, you're going to have the time of your life. Yeah. And you won't regret it one bit. Profound, yeah. my friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I try, I try to ask most people that when, they, when, when they're coming on the show, or like kind of, kind of some, some form of that, because I feel, in a way, you will be put in that situation at some point, you know, like some someone younger will come into your life who looks up to you, you know? And it's going to, you know, you got to make, like, it would be kind of a shame to have learned all this stuff and not impart it on anybody, you know, or be intentional about it, you know? Um, have, do you ever, like, whenever you're just out and about, if you're just doing, like, a solo trip, do you ever, like, have encounters with strangers that are just, like, life-changing to you? Yeah, yeah. there's a couple people that stand out. Uh, one time I was at I was at some coffee. It was recently, in the past four or five months. I was getting coffee, and uh, there's this older guy. It was in Orange County, and and I was in the coffee shop. I was waiting for my 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 drink, and the um the cashier he he took my order. Then he went and he made my drink and gave me the drink, and he forgot to charge me, and so. This old man, he was kind of like just like look, looking over us, like kind of watching over our interaction. And I was like, um, 
I was like, hey, man, like, you, you, you didn't charge me. Like, I, I need to pay for this. And the guy was like, oh, dude, like, well, thank you for being honest. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, finesse, you know. And then uh, he's like, man, we need we need more honest people nowadays. And I, I'm not, I wasn't trying to fish for any compliment. But the, the other guy, he just kind of looked. He was like, you know what? Like, if you, if you, if you, and this is kind of surprising to me, but I took it as wisdom. And he's like, most people are good people. Yeah. You know? Most people want to get by, and he kind of just said he kind of kept it at that. But it was, what I took from it was like, it's real easy to be really pessimistic about people because people fucking suck, you know. But at the same time, like it's kind of it reinforced giving someone the benefit of the doubt or kind of assuming positive intent, not in like obvious situations and being naive, but like you know, like I don't know that that, that was something that really stood out to me. Interesting. Yeah like that or, or like, like uh um interactions with homeless people honestly oh my god dude yeah. okay so there was one time i was walking milo milo's my little dog by the way <laughs> uh for those listening um barking and pork yeah and i was walking back to my car and this homeless lady um just kind of like calls him over like oh aren't you a cute dog and blah 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 and milo doesn't usually like you know He's usually barking at people. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck you? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. You want some of this? Uh, but he didn't bark. And he went right up to the lady. And, you know, it's like, oh, he's a Jack Russell, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, wow, you're fucking smart, Gypsy. Wow. <laughs> Give me your theories, Gypsy. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I don't really remember, like, the conversation we had. But, I mean, it was obviously... A nice one, yeah. Um, because I went to go uh, to the bank just to like come back and give her some money. Um, and when I came back, she wrote me a note. I still have the note, and it was just like she was very thankful for the encounter. Um, uh, she had to leave behind a friend like back. She lives. She used to live in Boston. Mm-hmm. I think you told me about this day, actually. Yeah, and she somehow ended up in fucking Norwalk of all places. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, she said it was just like a nice encounter. Uh, <clears throat> my hair reminded her of a friend that she left back home. She misses the friend, but, like, you know, she appreciates that, uh, you know, a random person took the time to, like, stop and have a conversation with her. Yeah. They're just like, oh. That was nice. Yeah, man. That's... It's so crazy living in L.A. County. She's got such a... So many people in her shoes. And a lot of people who are maybe worse off or... or, or yeah, I don't, I don't know her situation. Maybe she's pretty bad, but... Like... She had to bury her son from what I remember. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. Um, I was, you know, just, just making an effort to... If someone who's experiencing homelessness homelessness there's like unseen cues out in public like if you're walking by somebody like and you're the only two people on the sidewalk like you have this like innate human like not it's not a desire but like a, a instinct to like look at them and wait for them to look at you make eye contact give some kind of gesture and you keep going mm. I know there's a lot of homeless people do that and they, they, they look to, they kind of look for, they, they get ignored all the time. Can you imagine getting rejected? Not because you asked for like money and someone rejected you, but like your personhood yourself being just turned away. Like, no, nah, like you're like, you're, you're that I'm not even going to fucking look at you. Like you don't even exist. It sucks, dude. I've seen it firsthand from some people. And it's just wow. like, how can you do that to a person, man? Like. Yeah. How how cold do you have to be? Mm-hmm. Like, what fucked up shit have you gone through to, like, treat a person like that? You know, like, yeah, they might be, like, a little fucked out of their mind here and there, but it's just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well I think it's good, like, kind of getting, getting to, you know, you you, uh, you mentioned that your job is, like, I think that, that's a perfect job for you, man. You know, you've been, you've been doing, you've been working with, uh, with the stable people for a while now. And, and, you know, like, you, you have funny stories and all that. But at the end of the day, like, it takes a real fucking special person to, to have to, you know, have the skill sets to, to work with people. 
who are experiencing that because most, uh, I don't know, any more people who are kind of ignorant to it don't have, I guess, the, or, yeah, fill, fill in the blank. It's, it's no walk in the park, that's for sure, man. It's definitely different. You're dealing with people yeah. that can't process a lot of things, and so like, mm. they're just very reactive, and it's just like, there's days where you're just like, fuck, man, I can't help but react as well, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it could take a toll on you for sure, but it's, it's also very humbling because it just, it teaches you a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it teaches you a lot about yourself, too, and it just kind of, it humbles you in a way. Absolutely. I think it's all my chance. The recorder. No, the that the one in your hand. Is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, okay it's still so recording. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. Okay. Well, well. Okay, man. So I won't, I won't take up too much of your, more of your time. But um, with all this, you know, what do you what do you kind of what do you think? Uh, I guess. What am I trying to say? What are you looking forward to doing? Kind of when this all blows over, you know, like. What's on the uh, What's on the agenda for you? I know you got. I know you got plans. Oh man! Well, if by some miracle the world goes back to some normalcy, which I don't think will happen for <laughs> another few fucking hundreds of years. Yeah. No, not hundreds, but for a minute. Um, but if and when things start to get lifted, uh, definitely gonna hit the studio. Uh, with absence of mind, get these songs out of the way. Uh, I know you and I are going to be working on some, some tasty tracks, uh, <laughs> with a few friends of ours. Shout out, Jabril. Shout out, Cole. Hell yeah. Uh, um. So, really, just being busy with music. Cool. Um. Yeah. I want a tour. I fucking miss that. I miss it and I don't miss it. I, I think what I don't miss about it is just uh, the the cleanliness. <laughs> the lack thereof. The lack thereof. <laughs> the ringworm. You know when Dynasty went on tour for the first time, Marcel got ringworm. Oh, no. <laughs> it was it was filth. We were, we were all filth. But I remember Marcel got ringworm. Dude, Dude. what on fucking you. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I miss being, like, in front of a crowd, being plugged in, just having shit vibrate from my butthole. Nice. Yeah. The usual. The usual, <laughs> you know. Cool. Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate you uh, doing this. Um, I think a lot of people who know about the show know about you, and I think they're going to find what you have to say interesting and you know, I think you have a lot to contribute in your thoughts. You know, I really, I really like picking your brain because you, you have a different way of thinking about things than I do. And like, I, I, I'm always like very like, hmm, let's dive right in. But then you're just like, all right, well, you know, like, let's uh, let's look at it from this perspective. You I know? like I like when you pick my brain, Nick. It's cool. I like having these conversations with you because uh, I feel like I don't get much of that. I, I don't feel as uh, I don't feel like my brain gets stimulated like that as much. <laughs> So it's funny when whenever you like really try to pick up my brain. So it's just like, all right, let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Well, thanks, man. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Check that out. That uh, yeah, that was our conversation. Um, and check you out for lasting this long in the show. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna I, I, with the last episode, I, I decided to try something different and play a song at the end of the show. So that's what we're gonna do. Uh, this song is one of my favorite absence of mind songs. Uh, it's different than the rest of the record. The rest of the record is fucking gnarly and, and and riff, and it's it's awesome. But this song definitely stands out, um, and I think it shows uh, the potential of the band and what I think they're gonna be sounding like in the future. That's just my prediction. This is Delilah by Absence of Mind.
Delicate sweet soul 